Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. We have got one of our biggest episodes of the year here. My name is Alex Catalano, joined as always by Alex Miller, mate, for the grand final preview. Can you believe it? It is literally right around the corner. I'll tell you what, Kat, it's always our biggest episode of the season. It's the end of an amazing season it's been and the two best teams facing off. Um, this is what finals football's about and very keen to break that in this grand final with you both today. Absolutely. Alex Doherty, bring me back to my days as a young tacker here with Collingwood and, and Brisbane going head-to-head in the grand final. Some of my first footy memories, these two, um, back in the early 2000s. Oh my goodness me, Kat. We've gone the 20-year full circle here. Uh, Collingwood and Brisbane 20 years ago on the grandest stage of them all, and here we are once again to see them both back at it. It's uh, yeah, been been some journey, hasn't it, those 20 years, Kat? I mean, I remember I was sitting in the back room of my parents' house uh, sort of watching it and sort of wanting Collingwood to win because I hated Brisbane because I didn't want them to win um, again. Um, okay, oh, this will be a cracking game, though, and really keen to get stuck into what's been a pretty huge week of football. Absolutely, it has been a huge week of football. Plenty to look at. Uh, if you haven't already, go back and listen to our Brownlow episode because, <laughs> boy, I tell you, there's some fun and games in that episode. But we're here today to talk previews. And before we do that, we're going to take a little bit of a look back at the uh, prelim weekend, boys. Um, obviously, two teams have to go out for the other two to make it through. And JWS smell are very, very valiant on Friday night. Literally one point of difference. It felt like we're talking about history repeating. It was a repeat of 2019 once again, that bloody amazing prelim. Uh, so, yeah, 2019, the Pies and the Giants. Um, it's, it's heartbreaking to see it end in that fashion for them. But, geez, you can't fault what they did basically all year long. They had an amazing season, Kat, and I think credit goes down to Adam Kingsley and the group. I think what they proved during the season is that they're a team that's going to fight and fight to the end, and there's epitome of their, their final week of the season. As you said, two points away from a grand final is incredible. And Adam Kingsley as well, Kat announces coach of the year, well-deserved, which oh. is fantastic news. We, we post that on the socials, which is great. And um, the Giants, Doc, have just been the working class, and they've proved this year that they're going to be up there again next year, I think. Yeah, well, I think we're all going to have to keep an eye, a big eye out on on the Giants next year because, yeah, I think we've talked about it at length. Their second half this year, it's been a, a tremendous run, and we've, you know, we've all sat in the little backseat of the bandwagon of the Orange Tsunami, and we've enjoyed watching this uh, unfold as it goes on. But you know, you just sort of you sort of think back to some of those little key moments. You know, Toby Green's little kick from the from the boundary um, late in the game to to try and go. F- go for it you know I don't have a problem with him going for it but you have to look at the the whole thing you know there's a a couple of players out out about 20 out straight in front you know could have easily gone to it but you know you know that's that's heat of the moment stuff you can't can't really pinpoint it too much on it but yeah look I think you look at this Giants team the same players that have been sort of doing the hard yards for them over the course of September Josh Kelly Green Green Lockie Whitfield Cogs was pretty good as well um, they all really lifted again uh, in this game. And I'll tell you what, it, it, we've got to talk about the Brent Daniels uh, oh. thing because it's been it, it's been a bit of a, a bit of a, oh, I'd say clusterfuck is probably one way of putting it. But, geez, it, it, you got to feel for, for Kingers in that respect because he, he's a critical player, Brent Daniels. And I've said it time and time again that this guy loves the finals game and to have him pulled out because the ARC thinks oh. it's something to something to consider – it's it's a bit it's a bit shambolic. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Um, but look, I mean, one one player doesn't make the the whole team dock, and um, unfortunately, it is what it is. Uh, the Giants still fought valiantly, I think, basically all game. 
Miller and uh, couldn't fault them early, especially when they got a bit of a run going. You know, I thought um, they actually might be a chance here. And, you know, one point, you've you got to say it did. But we said in our preview that um, the, the midfield battle is going to be very important. And the midfielders did did pretty well, I thought, throughout the, the game. Um, Finn Callahan yeah. got in and under, which is what we wanted to see. And he was rotating through. Tom Green, a great game from him again. Josh Kelly, Cogs, Ward, all these guys leading from the front. Um, as they have been all year long. Um, so I think they can hold their head high against a midfield that's been much improved this year, Collingwood. We've seen how much Mitchell's added to that group, and um, they, they pretty much match them. Yeah, I think so, Kat. And that there was a fierce fight from them all game was the biggest thing. They didn't give up, they didn't waver. Cotton Iden's final quarter, boys. I think that that was one of the best displays of a defender we've seen in this final series, if not this season. He single-handedly kept them alive um, with the margin of whatnot. He was a one-man wrecking crew. You, you mentioned the midfielders, all elite, I thought, Cat. But we, we also talked a fair bit last week about Buckley-Taylor. Um, they're, they're two guys that are going to be a great combination for many years to come. And I think that it was, it was really tough for them, obviously. But I think that Toby Green spoke really well post-game, Doc, and I think the group will take a lot away from this as, as we saw Collingwood do last year. I mean, they lost the a final in this exact same week, in this exact same position um, last year to Sydney, and it's put them in great stead this year. So it can only be positive, I think, going forward. Geez, how good has Toby Green's uh, captaincy run been this year? It's almost yep. been a true redemption arc if we've ever seen it, Cat. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, we were all sort of, you know, putting him, putting him to the sword with pitchforks, torches, uh, <laughs> every sort of every sort of thing that you could throw at him for for the umpire incident in that elimination final. And then, you know, he sort of sort of stopped start last year with, with a little bit of injuries, a little bit of form, um, not just to him, but for the entire team. But being thrusted into the captaincy role this year under King is he's just taken it with, oh, he's just taken it so, so well. And this is what I'm talking about, you know. This is why I love, I love Toby Green because he's the guy that stands up in the big moments. And there's no – and. Even you know his post game interview, the way he talked, you know that's a, that's that's really really good leadership uh, attributes. The way he spoke yep. to to that team, and oh geez, as a dogs fan, you're supposed to be hating this team, but I just <laughs> I just have a lot of admiration and a lot of you know respect yep. to how that to how they've gone about it this year, how Toby's gone about it this year, and yeah, I'll still I'll still get fired up for when we play them next year, but. Um, you know, at least at least I've got a little bit of respect for him. Yeah, absolutely. All Australian captain for a reason, Doc, and uh, he showed it on the night and he showed it throughout the whole final series, really. Um, I'm interested in your thoughts on the, the ruck battle as well in mm. this game, Miller. Um, we said that there was always going to be that risk with, with Big Brucey uh, <laughs> yeah. coming into this game, and it's pretty clear that Cox and Cameron outworked him for most of the game. Um, I mean, look, it, you can't fault the guy for one down day. He's been... Since about the, the halfway point of the season, he's been one of the best, probably top five racks in the league, uh, maybe even top three on his on his best days. But um, I don't think it costs them. But look, I think if you're Kingsley in this position again next year, obviously the Giants don't have the ruck depth at the moment. Lucky Keep is their backup ruck. But mm. um, you probably think to not play a guy who's underdone. I mean, look at Fagan with Jack Payne this weekend. Yeah, I mean, the harsh line that he's drawn, Cat, with, with- with pain is spot on. I mean, he's already said that if he's not moving like a 90-year-old man, which he is at the moment, then he won't play. So I think that 
the biggest thing will be with with the Giants and Briggsy in that situation, Cat, is that he competed well, but he just couldn't finish the game off. And yeah. that's when Collingwood and, and Cameron got a hold of him. And you could see he wasn't quite right. And as you said, it's good learning for Kingsley as a rookie coach and the group. And um, they regroup next year. But I think they haven't lost any fans this year, the Giants, with their play, with their effort and intensity and their drive. I mean, I've said it the last couple of weeks. This team was 3-7 and seven at round 10. And they've done a tremendous job to be two points away from the biggest, you know, biggest dance going around in football. So hats off to Adam Kingsley, the coaching staff and the players especially because a lot of them have improved out of sight as well, Doc, which has been great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at guys like Finn Callahan. You know, Callum Brown's adopted a, a yep. great role in the, as the third as the third tool forward. Snooze Bedford wasn't his best <laughs> game, but he's had a tremendous year. Um, you know, Daniels has been, is is fit and firing once again, which is fantastic. Tom Green's uh, really ascended himself into near all Australian yep. caliber. I mean, you know, if you ask us, we think he's all Australian, but <laughs> others say no. Uh, we won't follow you anymore. Um, O'Halloran Miller's uh, getting yeah. some continuity in his games. You know, Perryman's locked down a role. Riccardi, he's he's had a great year, and Jesse Hogan as well. I mean, <laughs> just goes without saying. Uh, what, what what else can we say that has been said about him already, Hogan? I think he's just found his confidence. He's found his continuity. He just, oh, geez, it's going to be so fun to watch him just finally grow into the play that we all knew he could be, you know, seven eight years ago. Um, it, it's just. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun it's just gonna be a fun rise to watch this Giants team get back up the ladder again. Yep, yeah, love the Hogs Redemption tour and everything that's come with it, and a great year for the Giants. Uh, I think they'll be back in there next year um, unless anything okay. unfortunate happens between now and then. I think they're looking primed. But uh, let's give our votes for this game as well, gentlemen. The finals, fellas, rolls on into prelim week, and yes. the leaderboard's getting juicy. We'll have that up on the <laughs> socials at the end, so you can see how we're looking going into the grand final, but. One vote, Doc. Um, you mentioned this bloke before we went on air. We were looking at Jeremy Howe, but he said, no, nah, we pipped him out because one of his um, defender teammates has uh, overtaken him. Oh, he was, this bloke, I thought, had a really, really good game uh, on the weekend. He's had a tremendous year as well. Goes to Isaac Quain or Big Q. Um, Big Q you know, stick. The Q stick, 19 <laughs> disposals, nine intercept possessions, 491 metres gained. It was a tremendous. It was just a great defensive game from him. Three intercept marks, eight eight marks overall. You know, between him and Darcy Moore, I, I would have thought um, because I thought he stood up in various moments yeah. of the game too, Darcy. Um, but you know, I, I just you just got to give this man his, his dues because uh, he gets he gets the he gets the most dangerous small forwards most weeks. I mean, I know Bruzzy played on Toby Green for a lot of a lot of Friday night, but he still managed to do a good job on, on Brent Daniels yeah, uh, the, uh, the Q, uh, on the queue. And you don't need to say again, how, how dangerous he is in a finals game, but yeah, Q, Q's he, he's, he's just a, an important piece in that back six. Now uh, three, uh, one vote. Absolutely. One vote. Uh, well, I'm going to give the two votes boys to a man who's been an absolute pillar of this Giants team, not just um, in the final series, but all year long, Josh Kelly, uh, the way that this guy has just recaptured his best footy, it was obviously a couple of hard years, the past couple of years for the Giants, and a lot of the veterans were, were down on their best form, but Josh Kelly has gotten back to it. Um, 34 disposals, four marks, two tackles in this game. 16 contested possessions and 17 uncontested possessions. His mix between the inside and the outside, I think, has been perfected by Adam Kingsley this year. Um, yeah. When he's not winning the ball in the middle, he's running up and down the wing, getting to the defenders, getting to the forwards, giving them the ball, helping win it back. He's just been an absolute star. Um, and four score involvements, eight inside 50, certainly shows that. 
607 meters gained too, and 21 pressure acts, so he's putting on the pressure as well. He's not just getting the ball on the outside. Um, brilliant year for Josh Kelly. He well and truly earns the two votes here. But Miller, I think it was pretty clear cut <laughs> from the end of this game who was going to be getting the three. Uh, as a man, uh, Cat couldn't even get back on the ground in the end. Uh, he was that good; they had to keep him off. But uh, Jordan Degali, I mean, that standing performance from him: thirty-four disposals, a beautiful split of seventeen kicks, seventeen handballs, six marks, but career-high thirteen clearances, and he was absolutely elite in terms of getting the ball forward. And we talked about it all year. His run and spread from the stoppages is just what makes Collingwood an elite midfield in some respects. So without his burst, they look a different side. So he was huge, particularly the first half and, and getting the game going and then fighting back. And he was um, a really, really, really important cog of that win on uh, last Friday. Absolutely. Well, let's move on, boys, to the Blues and the Lions game. Just a quick recap on that one. One vote to Isaac Coyne, or two votes to Josh Kelly, three to Jordan Dugowie. Um, an interesting game, Doc. The Blues were hot in the first half. <laughs> they, they came out um, very, very keen to, I think, try and get the jump on the Lions. But after halftime, to me, it kind of looked like they'd spent all their tickets, not just in that game, but probably across the finals as a whole. I really don't think they had anything left to give. Um, it was pretty clear that Fags had outcoached Vossi as well. He made a lot of key moves, which we'll talk about uh, once we get into the votes. A lot of um, great praise for these Lions players here. But um, it's, it's probably an unfortunate end to the season for Carlton, but um, I guess to, to maybe be expected up at the Gabba. Yeah, uh, look, I don't think anybody really sort of give, gave Carlton much of a chance uh, heading into this game, but five goals to one in the opening quarter. You know, we're all sort of just <laughs> taken aback by what was happening. And then... We saw Brisbane, as you would expect in that second term, they found their found their way back into this game and they just completely blitzed them. I think they outworked them, Miller, um, in, in yeah. the end. And whether or not it is through to just they just ran out of petrol tickets or not, they had a they've had a great second half of the year. Let's not get that uh, twisted. And Carlton Carlton fans should be proud, should be emphatic. You know, you can honk your horn now at the bloody car park, uh, the Gabba <laughs> getting away with it now. Um, but look, all, all that said. You know, who, I think we were about, what, round 11, round 12, that was when Snapper started arcing up. <laughs> um, how many of us really thought Carlton could make it into the last four? Well, definitely not me. Deep in, no, definitely not me. I think both, I think all of us really just sunk the boots into Carlton a bit, a fair bit this year. And But we've also got to give the devil its juice for when they're playing well and, you know, for... 12, 13 weeks of the season, the Blues did almost everything right to get themselves back into this. And it should just set them up well for next year. Yeah, they they just fell short, I think, as a bit of this game. We've all talked about it. They looked gassed. I, I think that it was a really taxing win last week um, against Melbourne and then also the week before that we all attended that the Swans game. It was still a really tough and underrated contest in some respect, boys, I think. So um, they had a good go. They started really well, Cullen, with their ball moving and whatnot. And then Brisbane thought, well, we better actually wake up and start playing football. And it was a really good fight back from the Lions. But look, there, there's plenty of room for improvement and, and growth. And I think it starts from the spearhead. Cat, I think Charlie Kernan will be aware that it wasn't his best showing this final series. I would say the one thing that people aren't talking about is his first ever final series. So give him a little bit of a break. But. <laughs> If you are to win a Coleman, you always have the pressure on you, and he obviously just fell a, a bit short this campaign, I think. Yeah, I mean, look, it was basically every single player on the team's biggest games week after week that they played in their career, and we saw that with Cripps. He was pretty slow to start in the – Cripps and Walsh, the two of them, in the final against Sydney, and then yep. Walsh exploded um, in the semi, and Cripps got rolling as well the past couple of weeks. But, 
Yeah, I think Kurnow's going to have to learn how to deal with this now. He is the the number one key forward in the comp for a reason. Doc, you know what you're going to get that extra attention. Um, whether a part of that is Voss looking to the other forwards and saying you need to try and get that extra man off Charlie, get the extra numbers to the contest. It seemed like he was alone on an island at times with two defenders on him, um, you know, the likes of Gardner and Andrews or Sarsovic rotating across onto him. So, um, look, I mean... He'll deal with it, and he will. Harry Mackay probably also needs to lift <laughs> across the final. Obviously, he missed the semi, but um, yeah, just something for Carlton to look at going forward to the future. He wasn't bad on Saturday, Harry Mackay, Cat. No, he wasn't. Um, he wasn't. He wasn't bad. Um, you know, 2 2, took six marks. It was okay. Um, but yeah, I think we need to see a little bit more, I suppose, cohesiveness between the two because, you know, Mackay was just in all sorts midway through the year and. It sort of actually did carry on to towards the second half of the season, even when Carlton were actually winning games and winning them well. Hmm. You know, he was still sort of stuttering around and sort of missing shots from you know places where five year olds could probably kick him, <laughs> Alex Miller. Um, but I, I think, yeah, back to Kerno. Look, this is this is where he's going to have to figure out what he's going to have to do because we know he's a great player. We know he yeah. can. He, he's a great contested mark. He's got great speed. You know. If he's gonna have, to, if he has to sacrifice his role or his space to make somebody else look good, then I think he's got to start looking towards that because I think they, they started to be a little bit, uh, you know, cent- uh, too centric towards him at times on Saturday. It felt like yeah. I thought Mackay presented well, Doc up the ground, and actually played really well. Yeah, no, he did. He, he he led really well. He presented a good option. You know, he had four scoring shots. So, yep. you know, if he if he can get those sort of if he can convert from fifty percent even towards you know three goals one or four goals straight, yep. you know, it changes the complexion of this game completely, and and it'll change Carlton's fortunes heading into next year significantly. So, yeah, I think it's a good it's a good chance for Carlton to replicate this next year. They've got the good. We've said this for a while. You know, they've got the good talent. Great spine there in place. You know, De Koning's starting to really settle in now. He's starting to show that he's, you know, worth it, worth, you know, almost worth what he's what he was asking at the start of the year. Hmm. Um, you know, you got the you got the big academia there backing him up. Um and Weedering as well. You know, it was a nice battle with Danaher, I thought. Yeah, it yeah. was. Um, especially because we've seen so much um Miller Danaher's being able to get up the ground and he has that impact in the ruck when you you move him through there too, but um, yeah, well, it was a good battle between the, the two of them. Um, while we're on the defence, um, Mitch McGovern, Miller, I mean, he would have been Carlton's best on, I think, throughout this game, and which is such a strange thing to say considering some of the games we've seen him play this year and some of the kicks we've seen him make out of the back line. Um, he was just enormous. <laughs> and some of the times we've seen him uh, seen him in shape, Miller. I mean, gee whiz. <laughs> could, have, could, have, could have rolled him out on, onto the field at times. He was elite. He was their best player, I would say, on the weekend in terms of defenders. He definitely had an impact and was strong. And um, I think that he, he set up a lot of great play as well, out from the back half, which led to scoring. I think Newman was a bit quiet. Yeah. Um, we they def- the def- definitely made him accountable, which is yeah. what we said, Miller, in the preview. You've got to make the man accountable. And yeah, they did. us, they did it very us well. three said that. Yeah, it was fantastic. I thought McCarthy and Bailey they actually both rotated through him a bit, and um, that was really good. And Jordan Boyd played a fair game as well, boys. Came in. I, I thought yeah. he was good, um, particularly in the first half. So, look, there's plenty of positives for Carlton. I think that it's been more of a learning season than the Giants in terms of how far they've come, really. I mean, they were sitting at a point where we said, 
well, for me, um, Voss sack. So <laughs> we're, we're really ch- we're really chucking that coal into the fire in that wagon, Miller. I mean, that, it was it was pretty much ready to go. It burnt out very quickly, unfortunately, Doc. But I mean, that, that's how it looked, and I don't think many people would have argued with me at that stage, to be honest, because it was yeah. very grim. And um, they took a lot out of this season, though. A lot of personal development for the players. I think Michael Voss grew a lot as a coach, particularly in I the was, back half. Of I was going to say exactly that. You know, the Vossie that we were speaking about three, four months ago that we wanted out, and you wanted out all year long, basically, Miller. Yeah. Um, I think he, he has just he's transformed, and um, the faith in the players, I think they're going to be willing to repay that now, Doc. Bringing a guy like Boyd in off of not playing footy in, in three weeks is a huge call. Um, and I think he rewarded that, Get, keeping Hollands in on the wing. He only had 11 touches, but I thought he was pretty composed with the ball when he had it. Um, a guy like Jack Martin as well, staying in the side too, when um, you know he probably could have been in and out a couple of times throughout the end of the season. Chincotta, Cottrell. Um, I, I think Vossi has got this playing group playing for him now, and that's going to be what makes the difference going yep. forward. Spot on. Yeah. I uh, spot absolutely spot on, Cat. I mean, as you said, Boyd came in. You know, I think he last played that win against Port. I think it was, and yeah. he suspended. He got suspended for a fair tackle. Um, so, <laughs> How does that work? Yeah, oh, don't get me started, Miller. But yeah, he, play, <laughs> he, he, he played well, and I think that's just a, a true testament to sort of the role he plays and the role Vossi asked him to play, and the and he takes it on really, really well. You know, it's it's quite easy to forget. You know, with Holland's Cat, uh, he's still in his first year, so. The fact that you know he had such a big impact last week against Melbourne in a semi-final, and he was actually and he's actually able to play in a prelim, you know yeah. that does so much, you know, for 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 a young kid. And you know, I, I've, we've said it, we've said it since he, since the draft, Miller. I, I, we think his potential is enormous. You know, he's got a great running capacity. He's got you know good foot skills. He, he can really take the game on, and he's the kind of guy that you'd like to take the game on a little bit more. So, like once he gets his touch, once he gets mm. those disposals bumped up to around twenty a game, you know the Blues are going to be so much better for it. Agreed, agreed. But uh, a positive season for Carlton, nonetheless, and I think they'll definitely take a lot out of it. All in all, absolutely. Let's give our votes for this game, boys, for the final sellers. And unfortunately, Miller, no uh, Blues featuring in this one. It's hard to. The Lions took over once they started going, but um, you were very keen on the performance of this man for the one vote here. Yes, I thought um, the first game in a very long time, Cat, and Darcy Gardner, I thought he did a really good job on, on Charlie Kernow. Possibly he's played for a spot to keep his you know, game in the grand final. We'll see. We'll get to that literally in a couple of minutes. So um, it'd be a very, very, very good game, though. I thought he competed well one-on-one, marked well, actually kicked the ball well and almost kicked a goal. But in true Eric Hipwood fashion, he said, I'm the pigeon. I'm taking your goal off the goal line um, and stole it off him. So I thought he was, it was a clinical display from Gardner. He played really well and definitely worthy of one singular vote. Absolutely. Doc, uh, I know you haven't had a lot of love for this man since he made the move over to the Lions, but he does earn our two votes here today. Uh, Had I know you were going to dish this one on me, Kat. Um, uh, Look, I suppose you've got to give credit where it's due, especially if they're a lying snake. Um, But uh, look, you've got to call it as you see it sometimes. And and Josh Dunkley, his role on Paddy Cripps on the weekend was just absolutely outstanding. You know, I think... We'll touch on Dunkley's numbers first. You know, 23 touches, 16 contested possessions, 10 ground balls, six clearances, uh, 27 pressure acts is a, is a fantastic, you know, two-way performance uh, from from Dunkley. Um, you know, you could see why 
the Lions were so keen to bring him on board, um, you know, and why Dunkley was so keen to get out, because um, un- unlike the unlike Brisbane, the, the Dogs are a complete mess. Uh, but we look at look at the pl- the bloke he played on on the weekend, Paddy Cripps. Uh, you know, mm. I'm, I'm scrolling down. He, he only had 13 touches. Gee whiz. 13 touches. You know, five clangers. Just did nothing with it. Um, you know, he just struggled. He just struggled a lot, Cripps. Just with the ball. You know, defensively very very good, but. You know, you need him to be up in the 25 touches bracket, Patty, for the Blues to be a real chance. And Dunkley did a great job keeping him out away for the ball. Yeah, absolutely. He was enormous and well worthy of these votes here. Um, And three votes, boys. We're giving it to Kitty Coleman. Who else could it have been? Oh, who else? Um, What a game, boys, to have your career best outing uh, in the home prelim. Your team's down by a few goals. You've got the complete run against you, and Kitty Coleman's still dashing off the half-back line, picking off these kicks. 21 disposals, 18 of them kicks at 86% disposal efficiency, boys. I swear every time he kicked the ball, it hit someone on the chest. Um, that's just how good he was in this game, young Kitty. And um, the facts and the stats line it up. 10 marks for him as well, 11 intercept possessions, 7 score involvements as well as 1 direct goal assist. Uh, four tackles, five rebound 50s, and three inside 50s for Kitty in this game. Uh, just his willingness to take this game on, boys. 627 metres game. Every single one of his kicks was was daring. It was bold. It was going to a teammate. It went exactly where it needed to be. And then when it came back the other way, he was taking the mark as well. So I don't think you can ask for a more complete performance from a, a halfback flanker. Um, and well and truly earns the three votes, Kitty. So... Well done, young man. Uh, you've got a big career ahead of you and possibly a premiership come the weekend. You never know. There it is. Uh, but if you want to see our full finals, fellas, votes, head on over to the socials. We'll have the full leaderboard up yes. there heading into the grand final. Hopefully someone can make their mark and take it out um, completely. But A340 Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, A340 on Twitter, you can find it there. But let's get into the main event here, gentlemen. This is what we've been waiting for all day, all week, all year. The grand final lineups are out. We're going to be taking a look at these, how we think these teams are going to match up, who needs to win what, where to get this cup home. Billy Frampton comes in. We heard about this during the week. Miller, he is the man who's in for Dan McStay. Pat Lipinski is going to be the sub. And for the Lions, unchanged lineup, as we said before, no Jack Payne coming in. And Jared Lyons will stay as the sub. Initial thoughts on the lineups, Miller? Well, most importantly, Kat, two massive milestones. I mean, Dane Zorko is 250th and Darcy Moore is 150th, two leaders of their club. Um, Zorko for a really long time during the rebuild and whatnot and Darcy Moore, obviously, the new captain. So those two great heads playing in a great game, firstly. Um, I mean, looking at both the teams on paper, it's going to be an enthralling matchup, really even up around the ground. I think lots of teams... No, they both excel in great areas, but they're both matched by that on the opposite side of the field. So I think I firstly look, Doc, as I like to, at the wingers. I think it's really interesting. We've seen Oli Markov being named on the wing here. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's good. Could possibly see him running around with Hugh McCluggage, which I don't mind. Yeah, well, Jordan is lined up at full forward. I don't think we're really going to see that, are we? <laughs> it might be Josh Lyons just playing a bit of funny buggers here, I think, at the moment. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, re- I reckon so. If he's playing Josh Dacos at forward pocket, he's kidding himself, Cat. Do we think um, Frampton is named at centre-half back, Doc? Do we think that's possibly pointing to a reshuffle? Maybe Cameron spends more time forward instead of Frampton going in there? 
Um, oh, look, you could play. You could play either. Really, I mean, you expect either one of Meso or Dust Cameron will, will play as a resting forward at some point. You know, Frampton. He's obviously in as uh, for McStay. So whether or not he plays as as the um, as the third forward, I don't know. I'd like to see um, him go to Harris Andrews, Doc. Yeah, oh, that'd be a good that'd be a good one, I think. Um, or even we've seen Jeremy Howe do it as well. Yeah. Um, you know, play play as the uh, the negating forward. Um, but yeah, look, it, it's interesting. I mean, Frampton's a guy that can play really any position. I mean, he's shown it, you know, all throughout the year. So what Fly's intentions are with him is going to be very very interesting. And I sort of look at yeah, you, know, you meant you touched on the wings, you know, Steele and and Josh Dacos are probably the, the probably the best wing combination this year, but. You know, we've seen McCluggage play there, Zorko, you know, guys like, you know, Fletcher, Dev Robertson, you know, that and, and Jared Berry at times. So Jared it's Berry, a very yeah. it's a very it's a very flexible sort of lineup that the Lions do have where, you know, Collingwood they can have a couple of guys other you know, Markov we've seen roll up there at some point, you know, McCreary as well. Um yeah, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting uh matchup there, Miller, but the inside midfield is going to be interesting as well. Who does Josh Dunkley go to? It has to be it has to be to go. He doesn't. Yeah, hundred percent. Coming off that prelim, doc, you can't not send him to to anyone else. I think in this team, he's got to blanket him, got to stop him from bursting out of the stoppage, and especially in those um, forward stoppages as well. We know to go is so dangerous around goals. Um, just players that I want to see boys really lift this week. Um, Cam Rayner Miller is one yep. in a huge qualifying final. Um, didn't do a whole lot in the prelim. Um, he was only the nine touches of a better point for Cam. Um, but I really think, you know, Collingwood's uh, backline has been so stingy throughout this whole year. I imagine he'll probably get the matchup on on Maynard, I would think. Um, yep. Possibly Quainor goes to, to Cameron. I think it's obviously going to be a, a physical battle between those two. Um, I really think that Rayner's got to try and, and, and have a big impact. Rotate him through the midfield a little bit more if he's getting smothered um, yeah. because he can be a big game player. We've seen that this year. Great chat, Kat. I'd like to see Rayner get some more midfield minutes for sure. I, I think it's a cliche as well, Kat, but the battle of these forward lines is key. I really think that Brisbane, this forward group is really potent, really potent. We've seen it all season and all final series, but – Danaher's been playing his best football. I think Hipwood isn't quite in the scoreboard as much as he would like to, but he still is. McCarthy's played his role. Bailey's played his role. Um, Robinson's played his role as a small forward as well. So they're really damaging. They're really damaging. I think they're going to be a complete handful for the Collingwood defence. And um, I think, as you said, you like to see those matchups. Um, as you mentioned. I think as well, Ginevan coming in is is a bit of a staple as well um, and, and seeing Lipinski move to the sub. So I think that I said, I, I said the Doc pre-game, I think Ginevan could be a type of guy to kick three three or four on this on this massive Saturday coming up. So um, they've got a lot of dynamic players for Collingwood as well, Doc forward of the ball. I just talked about Brisbane's. But you look at what um, – Bobby Hill and Barry McCreary have done this final series. Um, it's going to be really, really interesting to see who matches up with those two. Yeah, well, you know, we we we've hyped up Kitty Coleman uh, his game last week, and and Starsvich has been a very reliable sort of defender throughout the last three or four years. So I think Starsvich might get might might start on 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 Ian in on Ian Bob. What about Elliot though? You worry about him? Elliot, yeah, oh, yeah. This is this is this is the thing, though. You, oh, I just don't know. You can, you've got to, you've got to try and be mindful of all of them. You know, McCreary yeah, plays right. small, Gidevin plays small, and they've got, you know, Myacek as well, who you suspect 
probably uh, Gardner goes to to start with. Um, yeah. And if he plays deep enough, um, yeah, geez, I don't know. It's a, I think it's that's where Collingwood got the edge, Doc, with the, the small forwards because Stasevich probably has to take Elliot for mind, which leaves Ian and McCreary and, um, you know, Ginnivan to be really dangerous and make Kitty Coleman defend. Yeah, well, well, that's what we were saying with Ash and Whitfield too, Doc, and, you know, that they kind of um, had to had to a little bit more against Collingwood. They still got the touches, but, you know, that's sort of what you've got to do with these guys that love getting their own footy and um, just kicking it as far down the ground as they possibly can. Yeah, well, it's probably going to be a little bit more defensive onus on the guys like Ryan Lester and, and Connor McKenna to do something. You know, McKenna played a really good game last week, I thought, and, and Ryan Lester, where's this bloody football been for, for the last 10 years of his career? <laughs> he's, actually, he's actually proving to be such a reliable hand in defence, uh, Lester, and he's been a very, very good player uh, the, uh, over the over the finals this year. So That was his maybe... goal as well, Doc, on Saturday. <laughs> Geez, he doesn't kick many of them, and when he, uh, but when he does, you know, he carries on like he's he's just about to put a hand on the cup. Uh, um, yeah, so they're in, they're intriguing matchups there as well. But Maynard probably goes to uh, Charlie Cameron. You you suspect yeah. or, or or maybe Quain or Quain has probably got uh, more. Uh, more I, I like Quain or more Doc on him. Yeah, I was going to say Quain has probably got more leg speed than than yeah. than Maynard, doesn't he? Yeah, so that's probably the that's probably a great matchup there. Brisbane been probably one of the best scoring teams the last five years, Miller. So I think you've got to try and deny them around the source first, and yep. and and then rely on Darcy Moore to shut out Joe Danaher yep. and potentially Billy Frampton on on what's his name Eka on yep. on Eric, Eric Hipwood. <laughs> what's his name? Um, I've forgotten about him because he hasn't bloody shown up at all. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Geez, he, he disappears a fair bit, doesn't he? Uh, Eka. It's a great call, Doc. I think the ball has to be won at the source, and I think whoever gets the most tomato sauce and usage towards the forward line will obviously win the game. Can I think it'd be a matter of obviously win the snag? I, I think it'd be. I think it'd be a matter of. Um, quality entries as well rather than quantity. Both these teams we know can deliver inside forward 50 as well. And um, well, well, that's it. You talk about quantity yeah. entries. We saw Melbourne bombing in as much as they possibly could against Collingwood and it got them nowhere. So yeah. uh, it's, it's definitely going to be key. They've got the guys that can deliver it inside 50. If Coleman's um, getting up the ground still, that's a great avenue to have to goal. Um, McKenna's been great at it too. McCluggage, we've talked about, such a beautiful kick. Um, Kel Archie's been playing that half forward role really, really nicely he, too. He was great on Newman Cat last week. I wouldn't yeah, be surprised if if Dacos goes down back that you see um, Cal Archie follow him. Yeah, I don't mind that. Um, I, I almost wonder that's why Markov's been named sort of more up on yeah. the wing because they're worried about a potential uh, <laughs> role of that. We know Markov's been the guy that's been the ball user out of the half back line for Collingwood um, for the better part of this year, so he could be one to watch in there. Um, other end of the ground, McCreary on Coleman, I think, as well, Doc. I'd love to see. McCreary's not going to give McKenna or Coleman any space to dispose of the ball. <laughs> we want to see that hard tackling pressure from him. He's such a vital piece in the Collingwood forward line, especially if they're down um, a first choice tall. They need the smalls to be working even harder. He, he, he's very well. He's very good once he applies the pressure on the defenders, doesn't he, the Cowboy? Um, he, he's, he's a crucial player, no, no questions asked. And you know, you look at look at a guy like as well. You know, Bobby Hill, who can who can really set a game apart with some of his fleet fleet footwork, and um, and as well, Tom Mitchell had a really good game uh, in the midfield. You sort of look at looks at him to try yeah, and you know yep. go toe to toe with Lockie Neal for the contested ball because yeah, as we said earlier, that's how you're going to stop this Brisbane team if you cut off their their um 
supply with through the contested ball, they almost become a you know a completely different team. Brisbane, and I think Hugh McCluggage boys has been one of the most underrated final players of the series and probably of the season. He only got three bloody Randlow votes because the main man was taking them off him for 20 disposal games. But um, I, I think McCluggage has had a, an elite year, Cat, and really important for Brisbane. When they get their offense flowing, he's a massive part of the link-up play, particularly from that um, half-forward sort of flank. If he's coming from there or if he's starting in the middle and pushing forward, he's, he's really their, their driver through the middle, I'd yeah. say. Absolutely. I guess the question in that, um, you know, Brisbane have, have you been using these outside players so well, but the the MCG question always remains, Doc, with this side. Um, we know their record hasn't been flattering. They, they slayed their finals demons briefly last year there, um, beating Melbourne in the semi, but um, it, it now has once again um, come back to, to bite them this year. Lost a Hawthorne there this year. Um, obviously choked that game against the Ds too. Can they play the ground effectively when it is literally the biggest stage of the season? Well, Chris Fagan says there's no such thing as a, as the hoodoo. Um, <laughs> but you, you look at you look at it. You know, fourteen last fifteen games they've lost. So um, look, they did beat Melbourne there last year, and I think a lot of people forget that. Yep. Um, I think yeah. Look, the Hawthorne game was you know at the time sounded pretty egregious, but when you look at what Hawthorne have done between now and uh, between then and now. Uh, probably is a little less convoluted. Um, and the game against Melbourne, I just don't know what the hell happened there because they actually played well for for maybe seven, maybe about 80% of that game mm. uh, and, and just completely... Well, they, they went into their shells the last 10 minutes, Doc, and Fagan yeah. even said that himself. He, he coached them to defend and not lose the game instead of trying to keep winning it, which that's not Brisbane's style. They're built on their offense. I think that'll be the key difference here is keep attacking and keep pushing as long as you possibly can. You know, this, well, is, the, this is the last four quarters you've got to do it, so you better yeah. probably do it. <laughs> yeah, well, well, he, yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, there is no tomorrow. So there's no excuse really to sort of, you know, force the team to defend. You know, if you've got the ball, bloody go do something with it, you know. Yeah. He, you know, handball or create something, you know, or kick it from 65, go for broke. You, yeah. know, I, I, you know, Brisbane are very, very good at doing that. And also, so are the pies. You know, they're very, very good when they get the ball of turnover. They they're off to the races, and they're they're runners. You know, McCreary, Bobby Hill, they're they're good. They're good dudes to have uh, when when they've got the ball in the transition. Couple of dudes can't go wrong with them. Um, (laughs) Couple of dudes. I think the biggest thing as well, Cat. The thing that stands out to me is Brisbane's intangibles are a lot more. I think. Edward Scissorhand, like you don't know what you're going to produce. I, I know. I think we know what Collingwood are going to bring. They're going to bring a fast-moving football. They want to push it as soon as they get it. Push it hard up the ground, fast, quick, particularly off the halfback if they can, and through the middle um, with aggressive kicks. Brisbane can do the same thing, but they can also change their style to a kick mark, which they do really well. And I think that that's something to me that. Will be interesting to see what they do in the grand final, given as you mentioned the stage and whatnot. But I, I think as well that they'll take a lot from the win last week. And Fagan, I mean, he's smiling, cat, and looks relaxed. And I reckon that would do a lot for the group. Yeah. I think it's seriously lot. We 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 talked about the Giants before and the changing Kingsley sort of style and mentality. He's gone from the uh, stress ball being abused to uh, being in the draw and not being touched. So I think Fagan, uh, he looks a lot really relaxed and calm. I think that will be a really big plus for the players this week. 
Jeez, he wasn't calm at times during the prelim. I don't reckon he was sweating in the box there. But you're right. I, I spoke about putting trust in the players before with with yeah, Boss and cool. Fags has done that too. Jasper Fletcher, Darcy Wilmot, Gardner. We spoke about Leicester. Um, we know Leicester's one of Papa Fags' favourites, but he's been great this year. But he has, he has, he's deserved it. He Archie, Archie's another one. Um, Kitty Coleman too, like we mentioned before. Um, but it's it's be interesting how this style goes at the G Doc. It, it's obvious that McRae's tried to really open up these games against the Lions this year. You know, the one they played at Marvel, 100 to 124. You don't see that all too often um, in Collingwood's games. They're, they're not, they're, they can score well, but they tend to be a bit more defensive and grinding teams down when it's, you know, a team that maybe is playing a style that they're a bit more uncomfortable with. So I think Fly's been tweaking and adjusting this game plan throughout the year, and we might see the final evolution of um, this this style to to take on the lines here. I think we could be in for a real high-intensity, high-tempo game. Well, you'd bloody hope so, because <laughs> Colin would have lost the last six games against Brisbane. So they, they've they got to pull... They're 2-0 this year as well, Doc, which mm. is something that no one's talking about. No, no one's talking. No one's talking about it, and I think it. And I think it needs to be talked about because the Lions. Oh, I, 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 it goes back to what I say about the about this whole MCG thing. Yes, the record's there, but I just don't think it. I think it's being blown out of proportion. Agreed. More more than it needs to be. I yep. mean, yes, it, it, yes. I mean, there's no doubt. There's going to be a little bit of doubt in that in in that statistic. But you know, I just keep thinking back to that game they played against Melbourne. Uh, their last their last visit to the MCG and. Yeah, with the exception of ten minutes, they were very good. So mm. that's not an issue. I think Brisbane are you know right up to their eyeballs in this game, and I think they just need to just continue to revert to what they have done all year, and yeah, and just and just rely on this on on their speed, their forward their forward nous. And it's interesting as well. You know, we think back to the the half the halfway mark halfway mark of the year where Daniel Rich and Jack Gunston stood themselves down, and they yep. haven't been able to get back into the side, and that goes back to what you said, Cat, about placing the faith in the younger boys. I mean, you know, Jasper Fletcher, Darcy Wilmot. Uh, I feel bad for Will Ashcroft because he'd be in this team uh, on Saturday if it wasn't for that ACL. But, you know, as well, guys that have hadn't really, you know, had a good crack at it. I mean, this is probably Kitty Coleman's first, you know, real, real crack at, you know, holding a spot in this team. And, you know, Dev Robertson's another one who was seemingly on the way out last year. So, it's really good that these guys are coming in and they're taking this opportunity with both hands. Oh, I yeah. think just on what you both said really well there is that trust yourself, back your system, back what's worked for you, as you said, uh, Doc, as you said, um, Kat, back the coaches, backing the players that have done the job. They're, they're doing that, which is strong. And I think one thing we haven't talked about as well is the ruck battle. This is what's going to be really interesting as well. The big O who's had a great finals campaign, but – Cox and Cameron have been a, a formidable duo, Cat. so I think it'll be really interesting if we see how much Big O will actually push forward. He does like to do that and really stretch it, but if he's going to get worked over by Cox and Cameron, is he gonna, are they going to try and make him defend the other way? Yeah, well, that's the, that's the whole thing with Frampton being in, isn't it? It throws a bit of a spanner in the works, so I don't think we're really going to know until we see... Um, on Saturday, but very good point. Very big rock battle. Just, just lastly, Kat, as well, before we give their tips and whatnot, <laughs> we saw Dacos with a lot of management last week during the game, um, sat on the benches for eight, nine-minute periods. I think you agree with me. We won't see any of that this week. No, I think no he'll, chance. He'll, he'll, he'll chance. be out the whole time. His um, kneecap could be falling off now and he'd still be there on the ground. <laughs> yeah, he might have to, uh, <laughs> they won't even bother giving him a Panadol. They'll give him the penicillin to get him going again. I, I think that what is fascinating to me about that, about Dacos, is where will he play? Where will they get the most out of him? I think middle, obviously, but 
I wouldn't mind seeing him push to a high half forward. I think he's a, a beautiful finisher of creating chances and, and finishing them, as I said. So he's the ultimate wild card, I still think. We haven't seen the best of him even yet in September due to injury and whatnot. So on the biggest stage, there's no reason why the kid can't do it, I don't think. No, well, Nick true. Well, Nick Dacos only had 20% of set-of-bounce attendances last Friday night. So he was – so, yeah, I think they were sort of flattening him around certain areas of the ground, you know, half-back, played a little bit in the midfield – was was stationed a little bit at half forward as well. Yep. You know, you rely on the the older guys to get it done for you. You know, Pendles, Tom Mitchell. You know, Jack Crisp is another one that we haven't really touched on, but he's an important player when it comes to that sort of run and gun style that Collingwood rely on so well off the turnover. He's been huge, hasn't he, Doc? The final series, Crisp. Yeah, he's, he's been bloody good, hasn't he, Crispy? Tom Mitchell as well. He, he he's tailor made for this as well. He's the sort of guy that I'd back in to have a great day. Great call. Yeah, yeah. I like that. All right, gentlemen. Oh. It comes down to the hardest part of going into the grand final. I think we need to give our tips and a Norm Smith winner as well here. Who wants to start us off? <laughs> I'm I'm kind of nervous to go first here. I'll take the heat. Look, I I think that this is going to be an amazing matchup. We spoke about. Brisbane's record against the Pies this year, all the all the talk about them at the G, but Collingwood and, and their class all season long, they have been the benchmark. And as we as we kicked it off with Cat, two of the best the two best teams in the comp facing grand final day is going to be special. I'm going to go Collingwood by six points. I think it's going to be a goal exact. Um, it's going to be a, a really low scoring first half, and I think we'll see it open up in the second. North Smith, I'm going to go. Scott Pendlebury, I think Ooh, he's, built, he, he's built for September. If it's not him, it will be um, Tom Mitchell. I, I think that Scott Jeez. Pendlebury is, is built for September. Amazing to see him going and playing another finals campaign. But, yeah, Collingwood by six points for mine. But get going to be an incredible game. Not Scott Embleberry, Miller? <laughs> no, no, Scott Embleberry. Embleberry. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the uh, Northwest winner of 2000 spend 10. No, no spend 10 medals. But, um, yeah, pies by six points for mine. Um, look, for me, boys, record between these two teams be damned. Um, this is the biggest stage, and ultimately so many of these Lions players have not been here that we've we've seen in these past few years that I know we've said throughout this final series that the Lions look different. They look tuned in, and they look like that they have put these past finals behind them. But I, I just think Collingwood is still... Have that little edge. So I'm going to tip the pies. I'm going to say 15 points. And oh. Norm Smith medal. Jeez. Oh, I'm going to say, I'm going to give it to a forward. I'm going to say Ian Dazzler. Say he kicks a bag. Oh, wow. Ian Dazzler. I like Dazzler. that. It's no Jeremy Finlayson take, but uh, Doc can uh, rectify that in a minute if he wants to. <laughs> You better hold on to your headphones, Miller. Um, <laughs> I think it's. I think if you think back to everything that's happened this year, I think Collingwood have been the better team, all things considered. Having said that, though, I'm going Brisbane. Oh, I, here we go. I, I think this is this is it for them. Uh, this this is their. Do I do I dare say it? this is their Oppenheimer? Uh, <laughs> uh, this is what an Oppenheimer looks like, Kenneth. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, I I think everything that they've worked towards the last five years, I think it's been. Yeah, I think true. I think it's culminated in this moment. I don't care about the MCG record. I don't care about the 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 previous record against Collingwood. 
I care about the 22 players that are out there on the day. And I think yep. these guys can get it done. Uh, I think Big O and Big O and the Rucks going to be a big one. Um, you know, I, I think the guys, the, the guys that are, you'd almost say your bottom six picked. I think you know, you, you think of Wilmot, Robertson, Fletcher, McCarthy in a respect, uh, Archie. They're all they're all playing well. Maybe you know, Dizzy Gardner as well. Yeah, they're it, flying. It, they're, they're all playing well. Um, and I don't think it's confirmed yet who their sub is, but I suspect it'll be Jared Lyons. I think it is Lyons, Doc, yeah. I, I think it is. Uh, Jack Payne won't be the sub. You can't have can't have <laughs> no. Biggs as as your sub. Uh, and I don't think Tunstall's good enough yet to get there. Um, but, yeah, look, it'll be a cracking game. I, I just see this being an epic. Uh, I think it'll be a, a two-point margin for Brisbane. Oh, that was Smith be... medalist, sir. Who are you going to get? Oh, yes, Norm Smith as well, Doc. Norm Smith medalist. Um this is his kryptonite here. He's not good with it. <laughs> yeah, I always go off, I always go out of the box because I'm so because <laughs> I'm so bloody boring. Um, I think, I think look, as much as we've ridiculed him over the last week, I think Lockie Neal's uh, a big a Dang. big shot to win yep. it. I like that. Has thirty has thirty five and twelve clearances. <laughs> big game. Lockie Chucky responds. Probably won't get a vote. Yeah, big sure. big. Big game. I think he'd be revved up after all the criticism uh, he's got. I from, reckon. Not, not just from not not just from us, but from the entire <laughs> football community. We hope he's uh, not listening to us. We are just three dickheads who um, yeah. like to give their opinions at the end of the day. Three three dickheads that are only just scratching the surface in journalism. <laughs> I think that uh, Lockie Neal's big toe's got more footy brains and talent than all three of us combined. But uh, we'll leave that there. But that's a great shirt. Oh, it's going to be an amazing Very contest. I think. Very good. Yeah, just watch it blow up in my face. Lockie Neal goes off injured in the first 15 minutes for you, Doc, I'm sure. Yeah, it'd almost be as bad as saying Jezza Finlayson kicks five in the grand final, Mill. Oh, I'm, I'm try- I've been trying to live that one down for many years now and I still haven't. I'll, always, I'll claim Tommy Langdon in 2018. He even got a couple of votes. But anyway. Um, I think that's going to do us for the grand final preview episode, oh. boys. Thank you so much for listening in once again. We're nearly at the end of the season. Can you believe it? Um, still oh. heaps going on at A3, though, of course. AFLW season's only halfway through. We've got the trade and draft coming up as well before we get into the off-season reviews and whatnot. So stick with us throughout the rest of the year. And there's lots of sport going on, plenty of summer of cricket. Basketball's coming back. Soccer's coming back. Everything's happening. Uh, follow us across all our socials so you know when new episodes come out. A3Footy Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at A3Footy on Twitter. And, of course, we have the emails at A3Footy at gmail.com. If you'd like to send us in your predictions for the grand final in North Swiss, we'd love to see it. If anyone gets anything right, uh, get a little bit of a shout-out if you want to. No um, one's safe in the, in the off-season reviews, Kat. I'm telling you now, I'm already preparing and no one is safe. Oh, jeez. Oh, he's, he's already got the assault weapons out. Uh, there will be some folks there. Coughing, coughing heat from Alex Miller here, I think. Oh, tuck in over there, Miller. It's going to be it's going to be good. With that said, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Stockerty. Stick with us. Heaps to come on A3 and a huge grand final on Saturday. We cannot wait. Go the MCG. Oh, go grand final, Foopy. Go the grand final, Lumps. 